Attention in the pits. Attention in the pits. For the 45th and final time. My God, that many times? There are two key things that has affected the sport of flat track racing. I have a couple things that I'll say in parting, uh, and then I'll let it go. Welcome, everybody, to the Car on Two Wheels podcast. I'm Chris Carr, and for the 45th and final time, my God, that many times? Yeah, dude. Chris Carter <laughs> going to throw me out there on my own. Welcome back. Sink or swim, man. Time, I think I think you got this, though. You think? Yeah, I know. I know you got it. Well, well I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. So for those of you who may have list, missed the last couple shows, th- this is Chris Carter's final show. Bastard. <laughs> he uh, has decided to, and I don't blame him one bit, to, to take a step back and focus on, on himself. For those of you who have been uh, watching this show or and or listening to the show, um, it's been a lot of fun. This show will continue. It just may not be a, have the same look, and it may be a different delivery method. Um, but the Car on Two Wheels uh, podcast uh, has not closed its door. It will go on a little bit of a hiatus, and we may come back on a monthly basis rather than weekly. And until I, I I figure out how that how that's going to work for me, but I got to say, Carter, it's been a lot of fun working with you, and I thank you for all you put in to this show and, and helping make it what it is. Um, I'm gonna miss you, bastard. I'm not uh, dying, dude. The lurch. <laughs> I know, I know, but it it feels like I, well, you're dying to me. I, you know, I will saying? be I will be stepping away, and I won't be as uh, obviously talking every week as. It won't be, won't be an every week thing, but uh, but yeah, I'm not dying, I'm not, but uh, it has been a pleasure, man. It's it's been an absolute honor to work with you in these 45 episodes and uh, kind of defining what this is, man. That's kind of what I live for, man. I live for building things and growing things and helping give people a platform to to do what they do. And uh, I think after 45 episodes, we finally got something here that uh, we could be proud of. Hell, I, I was proud of it after episode one, but uh. But yeah, man, I think uh, it's definitely something that's needed and wanted in the community. Um, so uh, wishing you nothing but the best uh, from here on out. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be stepping aside. So, yeah. Bastard. <laughs> I still love you. I still love you too, <laughs> bastard. I can't, I can't believe you're just taking off. That's all right. That's it's all, all right. good, dude. It's it's been a lot of fun. I've uh, learned a lot from you uh, over the course of the last uh, 10, 12 months that we've been working on the show. And did and, it. And uh, I I really do appreciate you uh, helping me find uh, my voice in a lot of ways. Yeah, man. Uh, not that I, I had a problem with it in the past, but how to deliver it. And uh, thank you very much. So. Yeah, and um, even though now, we won't have the weekly therapy sessions, you know, my phone, you got my phone number, you got my direct line. You could always <laughs> give me a shout uh, if we need to uh, vent, I'm sure. And I might my, I might call forward. you sometimes to vent, so well, that, that so. door's I always open. So. Perfect, perfect. So uh, I know we've got a few questions left over from last week, and yeah. um, but there's uh, a few things that have dropped recently. What a what's going on out there in the AFT slash flat track world? Yeah, I did um, see a couple things. I didn't read too much into them. I saw what there was like a, the Fox news, uh, press release. Uh, we already knew that that was going to happen. Uh, I think they mentioned that there will be live streaming, which a lot of people were still kind of wondering if that would run parallel. I think they're going to go what on a two week turnaround now for every race but they released the broadcast schedule for this year. Um, so that was a big deal. Yeah, I, I looked at that briefly, and yeah, that's what it looks like. They air about two weeks later. So yeah. when you're watching another race live, that's when it's going to air, I think. Yeah, I saw. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of hit on that before. So we got set um, the DVRs, right? Correct. Yeah, I think they still have DVRs, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
they, Why not? And they mentioned there would be live streaming. They didn't mention about the talent and who that's going to be or anything, but um, that'll be coming down the road here soon. I mean, I think this is kind of the time of the year where you start to see a press release every week, right? Um, whether it's uh, a partner, official partners, or broadcast announcements, or yada, yada, yada. You'll start to see this coming hot and heavy here in the next month. Um, but yeah, that, and then, uh, what you announced about what, two, three weeks ago, two, three episodes ago, the Corey Texter thing that came out, that whole press release with G and G. Um, so that'll be, that'll, he'll be back for 2022 looking to repeat that, uh, get his third title, I guess, in in the series. So, um, good for him and good for, uh, G and G racing. Uh, look forward to seeing that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I think those were the biggest things. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt, I guess is the, the best term. Uh, going back and forth on the social medias here in the past couple days uh, about uh, about the beginning of the season. I don't know if you've gotten into that or, or seen a whole lot of that, um, and I don't even know I how. Haven't, I haven't seen any social media. I did read uh, um, some competition bulletin that came out that said you can't, uh, something about if you're uh, an AFT competitor, you won't be able to participate at the Volusia Half Miles yep. if you ride the Steve Nace races uh, earlier that week, like yeah. on Monday or whatever. Yeah, and, and that's that's what the old back and forth is about. Like, uh, as you can imagine, um, I know you don't deal with the social stuff too much, but there's uh, there's some opinions about that on both sides. Um, so, yeah, there's been a whole lot of back and forth of, you know, they're running uh, – people out trying to run people out of the sport, giving people an blah, blah, all this stuff back and forth. But, um, there is an opportunity to run Lake city, um, which I think, you know, some people would argue is not bike week, but you know, that that's, it's kind of, kind of like the replacing it's on Savannah. the way to bike week. Correct. It's like, we're yeah. replacing the Savannah event. Um, yeah. and then I kind of, I kind of look at it as, as in some ways it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of part of bike week. Just like when we, in the eighties raced at Jacksonville, uh, Jack's raceway there north yeah. of north of Jacksonville on our way to go to Tampa. And then on our way to go to Volusia, um, you know, the weekend before the Daytona 200. And then after those three races, we'd have four nights of short tracks yeah. at the original stadium in town. And then later on, it moved out to, out to, uh, LPGA Boulevard, a municipal stadium. I, I'm, you know, I look at this thing from a couple perspectives. One, we went to Daytona for years to race. Now, there were some um, that just went down there for nationals. Yeah. But if if they were racing a national uh, at the short track on one night, they they were likely riding the 600 national the night before and then the regional the night before that. Right. And I'm, I distinctly remember even at LPGA racing three three nights at the short track, and I, for the life of me, don't understand how it's gotten to the point where we come down to Florida now. People come down there to the race; they don't come down to test. Yep. You do your. Everybody's done their testing before they get to Daytona. Yeah. Especially the top teams. Um. So, to take away an opportunity for guys to get some starts and hopefully some finishes, uh, work off the racing rust versus, uh, that, you know, getting out of test mode and into race mode. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a little, I guess I don't quite understand this particular move. Last year they had, uh, I think it was, it looked like it was like 45 to 50 different guys that rode the test on a Wednesday or whatever day of the week it was. And a lot of those guys raced the weekend before uh, at the Steve Nace races. Yep. Now they can't race those. They show up. If they don't go to Lake City, they come in and they do a day of testing. And they, some of them will likely have gone to, to the AFT race without seeing a green light unless they rode the winter throwdown in january so i don't know i i think uh i think in the end this doesn't help a lot of people in the sense and it it comes at the expense of people who have supported the sport in a in a very meaningful way in a in an area that catered to amateurs as well as accommodating professionals yeah 
and uh, I I feel bad for uh, Steve Nace and Kelly Bell for all the work that they've done uh, to see uh, two of their classes get basically stripped by a by a rule that they have no control over, but are certainly affected by. Yeah, and I think that's a damn shame. I really do. Yeah, I mean, and you'll see like the other side of the argument is that they do have that test, right? Like, but that I mean, to the point you made, and I mean, I guess usually when 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 I think of testing, I think that you're either helping, like last year they had a, a Dunlop tire test, so you're either help, helping an entity like Dunlop or somebody like maybe with tires, or maybe you're working on something that the team wants to try. You're not you, as a rider, you probably don't. I would imagine you probably don't get a whole lot of time to test what you want to test as a rider. And it's not really race mode, so like I don't know if that's the same as as going to a Steve Nace race, right? Like I have to disagree with you there. These guys are going to be racing. They're going to basically have twelve to fourteen practice sessions. Okay. And if you think the guys aren't racing to see who's at the top of the timesheet over the course of that day on Wednesday, I mean, all the testing's been done. Okay. Yeah, there's probably some that are finishing a few things up, and maybe they got to verify. But man, racers race and testers test. Yeah. And uh, I think it would better serve the flat track community for them to have opportunities to test while racing, Fair. while they're getting some green lights and some and some checkered flags, and actually it gives a chance to see some of these new riders. Uh, um, you know, maybe a young rider getting a chance to to rub elbows with a Jared Mees. Yeah. Whereas that opportunity doesn't happen on test day because they segregate the sessions by class. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's doing a disservice in the long run to the paddock all for a short term gain. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed to see this come down the line. Well, and now there will some, there'll be some that says, well, it's in the rule book. Well, that rule has been in the rule book for a long time. Yeah. And there have been competition bulletins or, um, I forget the term they use now, uh, special uh, accommodations made for specific races. That's always been the case in Daytona. Um, you know, there was a reason when Dunlop did tire tests in Daytona for the Daytona 200 in December, because it allowed them that three months time to make changes if changes are necessary yeah. before they came to the event in March so that they got it right. Yeah. Dunlop tire test at Volusia for the 2020 season pre-pandemic took place in November or December in case they missed the mark or allowed them the opportunity to identify what they needed to bring to AFT when March came around. Yep. That's not the case this year. They don't even have a week, do they? Do that like the tire they've got a day. Yeah. I mean, they're testing on a Wednesday. They're racing on a Thursday. Now, for those that want to just come down and do Volusia, yeah, that's that's good, you know? Those that want to come down and race at the Steve Nace races, maybe spend a day or so working on bikes, a day going to the beach, whatever it yeah. is they decide to do, or a day going racing, That's up. that should be on them. But to take that away from those that want to race and make it a mandatory thing, I, I think is uh, is a bit of an overreach that goes against the grain of what the Daytona Bike Week, especially as it pertains to flat track, has been for so many years. Yeah, and I, and I, I don't think anybody's complaining about the fact that AFT is offering a test now, right? Like, it's great that they're doing that, but at the expense of sacrificing or saying that you can't go to those. I, I, I'm with you. I don't, I just don't think it's the right move, but I mean, it's not our decision to make and, uh, that decision's made. And I think it's in stone. I, they could change that between now and then there's a month and a half. I, we've, we've seen that. I don't, I, I don't see it happening, but well, they changed restrictor rules too, after a bunch of people complained about it, but, yep. uh, it'd be interesting to find out if, uh, they asked Jared Mees if he'd rather, uh, um, race on Sunday at Volusia versus test on Wednesday. And I'll bet you money. He'd say, I'd rather race on uh, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, know if they asked him or not. Well, enough about that. Uh, <laughs> done with that. We'll get into, uh, we'll get into these questions. So we, we did have a few questions that weren't answered in the last ask car anything. Cause, uh, 
Uh, we wanted to save them for this episode. I know that this was a topic that you wanted to hit on and spend uh, the majority of the time in this last, last uh, my last, I should be clear, more clear, my last episode. Uh, and that's, yeah, uh, bastard. <laughs> that's the, the future of flat track. So uh, a lot of questions were asked, like the, I, I believe one of the questions was, uh, what's the, what's, what's a good five-year plan uh, for AFT? I don't know if we need to get into a, a detailing a five-year plan, um, but most of these questions centered around what would be the perfect vision or Chris Carr vision and what's the future of flat track look like to you? So um, I kind of gave you a heads up on this one just because there's a lot to this one and you already kind of wanted to spend this episode kind of, uh, you know, outlining a couple things, topic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think today I'm, I, I distinctly remember when I, uh, went to work at AFT of five-year plan coming out. And I think if you looked at the five-year plan that was submitted then and what it became at the end of five years, there's probably a pretty wide discrepancy between what the vision was then and where it ended up. Now I don't have a, you know, a copy of that, Yeah, you know, to, to reference. But I will say a lot has changed in the last five years, a lot internally within the sport as well as externally. So I think, a five-year plan uh, only works if you're looking at building a three-year plan with the ability to pivot with the marketplace. Okay. Or uh, the world might change in that five-year period in a significant way, and then all of a sudden you you're you don't have flexibility. But I think it, it there are are two key things that affect has affected for a very long time uh the sport of flat track racing and it's not uh, it's not you know earth breaking or ground shaking i think more than anything is that you have an entry price point to get involved in flat track racing at an amateur level as well as a professional level that has um kind of exceeded what um, an aspiring professional can afford to get involved at. Alongside of that, and these are parallel issues, the equipment that's being run at the entry level as a professional, not only is it its price point through the roof compared to what it was back in the heydays of the sport in the 70s or maybe even up until about the mid 80s um the performance of an entry-level professional motorcycle today is faster more powerful and i get it technology does that uh motorcycle companies they want to sell uh horsepower and widgets they want to sell the traction control. They want to sell the fuel injection. And, and fuel injection is one of those things where I don't have an issue with that. Um, but traction control runs up the cost and kind of goes against the grain of what the sport of flat track was all about. They think that they can manage uh, uh, traction through, through traction control. And in a lot of ways, all these widgets that keep getting added and the displacement that keeps getting added and this that gets added and that gets added and new tires being built the lap times today are no faster than they were 15 years ago when everybody was on xrs or 25 years ago when everybody was on xrs or 30 years ago when they were on xrs and hondas yeah All right so but what has changed is the uh, the the cost if you did a dollar cost average uh, of what the top performing motorcycles are? I mean, entry level now in in four fifties things are put. If you don't have seventy horsepower, you're not competitive on a mile. If you don't have you know sixty five horsepower, you're probably not competitive on a short track by standards of the short tracks that are being run. When we talked a few weeks ago on our Ascot Revisited show. 
Kenny Roberts at the age of 16 was on a 250 that probably cost 1200 bucks to get to the track. Dollar cost average that out, and it's a lot less than the fifteen to twenty thousand dollars invested in the four fifties today. Mm-hmm. That bike back then put out eighteen to twenty horsepower, and he went on to become a world champion and a two-time Grand National champion. Yeah. So today, kids are expected to uh, aspire to be the next Kenny Roberts or the next Nikki Hayden or the next Jared Mees or Briar Bauman, and they're out of money by the time they get to the pros because the same problem in professional racing is the same problem that's going on at amateur racing at the upper level top classes at most uh um amateur races are 450s um even the 85s are putting out the amount of horsepower and 85 today probably puts out more horsepower than kenny roberts raced at 16 as a pro at ascot the one thing that hasn't developed in that entire time is the human being. The human being hasn't evolved at the same rate as what the performance of motorcycles that you're expected to race in the sport. The humans haven't evolved that much that quickly. Yeah, they know more, they're smarter or more intelligent based on information age that that we're in today uh they're better conditioned um they're there's a whole lot about them that's better but physiologically the human hasn't evolved at the same accelerated rate that technology has that's been brought into motorcycles my vision for the future growth of the sport not not performance is to back up displacement and power capability of the motorcycles at all levels from the from the bottom all the way up to a point that's more in line with the the development of humans so i'm not saying that we go back and the 16 year olds that aspire to be pro are racing on 18 to 20 horsepower motorcycles from the ages of 14 to 16 before they turn pro but there needs to be a reset and with that reset also brings down the cost of getting started or getting into it even in at the amateur level I think that 250 four strokes that are being raced as the entry level class in Supercross should be the class that they're running at the top level, to be very honest with you, because hmm. there's really only eight or nine guys that can that can ride a 450 factory bike to their limits in Supercross or outdoors for that matter. Yeah. Outdoor racing got real boring last year. Occasionally you get a tight race, but there hasn't been an exciting 450 race all year. One pass for the lead and that's it at each of the first 3 rounds. Yeah. So yes, 450 racing in flat track is different. And Volusia it's going to be a great show in the 450 class. Super Twins, they've backed up the power of part of them. It remains to be seen what's going to happen there. But I think the key thing is, is that there needs to be a reset from the ground up, not from the top down that we've seen the last five years. This trickle down economic uh, type idea where you make it really elite at the top and you'll have more people down here aspiring to do that. I want to see more people with a chance to develop and grow because we lose most of them by the time they turn pro because they can't afford it. They're out of money. And all that's left are those that um, are have been able to afford the opportunity to get through amateurs and make a name for themselves. I think uh, we're missing that, that that first class shouldn't be full of factory teams. I'm I'm thankful for a lot of people that are are being employed right now but i don't see us developing the amount of riders the volume of riders to sustain uh professional flat track racing at the twins level 
very much longer. Twins are going to die if this whole production thing doesn't work. And I think that the, the power output of the twins today, what they're capable of at, at the production level of 900 cc's is way overkill. And the costs of making that work are going to fall in the laps of those that are in the paddock, not the manufacturers. And when the manufacturers go get frustrated because they can't, they can't compete because they've got too much power and those that are going fast have less, that's hard for them to compute and justify the amount of money that they're spending. And then they go away. That hasn't happened before, has it? Well, what's happening right now? I mean, have you heard of any Indian riders and no. teams contracted for 2023? I haven't. No. Restrictor plates came out in 1987, and that was the last full year factory Honda raced in flat track. By 88, they were gone. So. Yeah. Well, and you you said a lot can happen in five years, and but you know you're talking about like a three year plan with being able to shift. I I think the world is changing now. I think the world is changing drastically right now. In the next two three years, it's gonna it's gonna be completely different um, from a lot of different aspects, right? I can mostly I'll focus on the broadcast side of things, but I, before I get into that, I I think a big thing and I am definitely not one to set a roadmap for flat track, right? I'm, I've just been involved a few years. I've learned a lot in the short time I've been here. Um, but from my standpoint, I think education is a huge thing that we need to focus on educating fans on what's, what's exciting about flat track. Why, why these riders, why these teams make the decisions they do, um, educating, educating the, the riders themselves, on how to build their brand themselves and not be dependent on a broadcast. We live in a time now where where each rider can own their own story. Before, you used to be dependent on a broadcaster to tell your story, dependent on the series to tell a story. You're seeing now that riders are taking their brands into their own hands. Educate them, educate them and give them tools on how to do that better. I, I think if, if you do that right, the stories will tell themselves, and you'll be have you'll have hundreds each weekend to choose from to show the fans what makes this sport so fucking awesome. I, I just I think that that that. Whoa, Carter! You just dropped an f bomb. <laughs> I got cuss sometimes. It's all good. I got oh, another no, one coming good. at some point. Trust me. Um, but it, we all know how amazing it is. Right? But the people that are involved in it know that. The people that don't but, watch, you know, what's that? But. I think if you want a feature on the Fox broadcast now, though, you got to pay for it. Well, you keep you keep talking about now. I, I'm talking about I, I don't think once I don't know how long this deal is, maybe two years, three years. But whenever that's up, I don't think I, I think the sport could and should be in a position to, to be their own, you know, control their own destiny from a broadcast standpoint. Uh, there is so much changing in the space. Uh, that I think that the series itself could own its own brand. This, the riders themselves can own their own brand, and you could tell stories without a major network, right? You're going to want the eyeballs, but you should be able to create that content yourself. You shouldn't be dependent on, on a network anymore. And I know that that's like a drastic shift, but yeah. th that, that's the way the world is changing. People are taking, you know, the, the whole, there's a whole movement now to kind of dissociate from the big networks, the big brands, and all that. And I think uh, you don't want to completely disassociate yourself from it because, right, there's a lot of eyeballs that come with with the tying to, to a network. I get that. Um, but the state of the sport right now, we're not lighting the world on fire from a broadcast standpoint. And I think the smart move now would be to invest in educating everybody in the sport to be prepared for when that shift happens. And, we, and this sport could just skyrocket to the top because – once all these big sports that are dependent on that network for everything, like come in, come into that point where that network isn't as big and powerful as it used to be, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for for the smaller sports. So in in right now, I mean, we I think that the sport has just been chasing and chasing and chasing this thing that isn't happening from from like it, maybe it is maybe I'm, I I don't know the ins and outs of this Fox deal. Maybe it's 
so much better. But to me, it looks like they're still turning around races in a two-week period. So, like, and well, it's interesting. Your analogy is like a dog chasing his tail goes in circles, <laughs> right? I yeah. I don't, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> is that like, what, maybe, I mean, we've been go. Has has flat track been chasing its tail? I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's only time will tell. But I do like the the way the world is changing as far as I see it. Uh, I think that everybody needs to kind of step up and own their own brand a little bit more. And that's kind of what we've been moving towards. I mean, like you'll see, like a, a Jared Meese has been doing that for for a while, right? Even a Corey Texter does that. Um, and see how that's working out for them. I mean, they are supported now. I almost think that they don't have to run races and they could still find, make a career out of flat track. Right. So, in, and I don't think that everybody's going to be that fortunate, but I think yeah. that if everybody did that, the storytelling, the educational side for the fans would be so much better. Um, and you would get to know these riders a lot more. I mean, that's kind of obviously what I'm passionate about. And that's where I think, uh, the sport could be better in the future and, and what we should focus on. But that's kind of why I've, what I've always been hyper-focused on because that's the world I know. But um, so, so that I understand where you're coming from, yeah, you see the potential that two, three years down the road that AFT isn't on Fox Sports. It's on its own network, its own streaming platform. I think it could be. I think it should be. Um, the, I think it. I think if I mean, you look at every other major sports uh, entity, right? NBA, they have their own platform. Yeah, they're aired on those networks, but they yeah. are they are creating their. They own have content. their own. They have their own cable network. They as have well, their own. Well, the big ones have their NFL. own cable networks, right? Um, I don't know if yeah. we're going to be there in two or three years, but I, I do believe that there could be a motorcycle network, right? There could be a motorcycle network that airs these races. And I think in a lot of ways, the, the, the sport and the series already kind of has everything it needs to do that itself. It, it, and they're just yeah. leveraging, you know, the, the network that those big networks have, the, the eyeballs that those big networks have. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I mean, you see Accelerate. Accelerate TV is, is I mean, a lot of that's older content, right? But they're going to start making new yeah. content. They're going to start, hey, we, and Chet even talked about it, doing covering live races. So there's no doubt in my mind in two, three years, if there's money poured into that or an entity like it, that that could be the how the home for, yeah for flat track racing and all other racing. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it definitely is not beyond the realm of possibility. And I think it should be something that, that they're investing in. And I'm sure they are already. Um, they're much smarter than I am in a lot of ways, but I don't know. It's kind of just where I see it heading for a lot of, in a lot of different ways. And, and another thing that I'll probably get up on a little soapbox talking about is creators. Um, invest in creators. The people that are telling these stories in the sport are Im- important. And uh, in my opinion, they're more important than the broadcasters. Because the broadcasters go home. Well, yeah, they're passionate about this sport. They love it. But they don't care about it like the people that are out there in these races, traveling with these riders, living with these riders, dating these riders, married to these riders in a lot of ways. They don't have the passion. They will never match that passion that somebody who lives and breathes this sport does, right? You can put somebody like a Ricky Carmichael in a commentary role, but he's retired. He's done. He's had his heyday. He loves it. He lives and breathes it. He's not going to love it as much as somebody that's currently in it. Uh, so invest in those people that are out there, you know, spending all their their extra money and buying a camera lens or buying a camera and, and learning how to do this because you educate them on how to do that well. That's that's just more content for you to tell your story, and it makes yeah. them want to give that content to you. Like that's, I I don't think that I'm not saying that they completely dismiss those people, but I don't think the value that those people bring is seen or appreciated as not just this sport and sports in general. Um, but I mean, I've I've been pretty close to seeing it here. Like that's that's just my two cents, and I'll get off my soapbox now. Yeah, that was more like a nickel, man. That was good. <laughs> I'm or sorry. maybe even a quarter. It's my last one. I got to get it all in, right? Um, Bastard. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right. But yeah, that's that's that's. I mean, if that that's the only thing that I really have to say about about that. But yeah, that's all you got to say about that. Well, mm-hmm. I know that uh, we're not going to solve all the issues, and I know that um, my 
what I presented a little while ago is probably going to be met by some individuals out there is like, oh, we can't go to smaller motorcycles. You know, we got to ride the biggest and the fastest and the heaviest and this and that. And that's that's the challenge. The challenge is, is especially as an American sport who's had two American-based brands involved in the sport, um, one for its entire existence, existence the other one for the last six years or so um american manufacturers aren't widely known as high performance they solve their problems they gain horsepower with a boring bar and a stroke so they go bigger in displacement the bigger in displacement you have a motorcycle the more that they can justify charging more for a motorcycle to give you an example, uh, if you look at a 250 motocross bike and a 450 motocross bike and don't have any decals on it, one of the late uh, brand new KTMs or Hondas or Yamahas or you name it, if you look at those motorcycles, they look identical. Yeah, they might have a little different exhaust because uh, of, of a higher displacement. Or, but that's that's it. All the components on these bikes are essentially the same. The chassis are probably very similar. Um, one costs twelve hundred dollars more than the other. Yeah. Why? They probably cost the same to manufacture. Why is it that these bikes that are carrying the same components, the difference is? 200 cc's in the engine but the engine they might even in some cases share the same engine cases what's how do you justify a $1,200 premium or $1,500 premium on a 450 over a 250 it's because of the 200 cc's right the bikes look identical they perform differently One's bigger, and that's what's happening over in in uh, the V twin side, building cruisers or twelve hmm. fifties or twelve hundred FTRs. Indian came out with an FTR twelve hundred, right? Yep. If they had come out with an FTR seven fifty production based street bike, they wouldn't be able to charge the premium that they can for the motorcycle in the thirteen dollars to $17,000 range, depending on the bells and whistles and widgets that are on it or paint or this or that, right? That's, that's why we didn't see an Indian, because they couldn't charge enough for it. They couldn't justify that. And the 1200 doesn't even work as good as a 20-year, 30-year-old Sportster at a local short track in hooligan form, right? Yeah. So I don't, that whole bigger displacement thing doesn't help the sport of flat track. There's only been one motorcycle in over 750 cc's to win a grand national top tier class ever. And that was Joe Cop on an 1100 Ducati at 6,000 foot elevation in uh, uh, there north of uh, Phoenix. I can't even remember the name of the town. Lloyd Brothers Motorsports built the motorcycle. Uh, but 800s and 900s, I, you know, I think the 800 version of an XG is probably as competitive as a 700cc Yamaha. We see, we've seen that for the last two, three years. They're neck and neck most places. And it's good racing. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how up to 900cc production-based motorcycles do against the choke-down FTR. Uh, I've said here before, and I'm going to say it again, don't be surprised if the results stay the same. They may not be winning the uh, through the speed traps, but I'll bet you... Um, at everything but a mile, the Indians are going to go faster around the track rather than down the track.
I don't think you're wrong. Only time will tell, but I don't think you're wrong. It'll be. Uh, I guess we got what, like forty-five days or something like that. I think it's under forty. Fortnite. I think it's like forty-two or forty. I don't know. Something along forty. Feels like it's gonna be a year from now. It always feels that way, and then you turn around and boom, we're halfway yeah, through the soon. season. Wow, where did the off season go? Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> we're like getting ready. Well, they for say the life is like a roll of toilet paper, right? What's that? Life is like a roll of toilet paper, and I How think it's that? the same for the off season. The the closer you get to the end, the faster it spins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I thought you were going to have some like shit reference in there or something. No, no. I left that one up to you. I, <laughs> and I did not come through. I apologize. I let you down. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I'm definitely interested to see. Uh, I mean, I wish I could just, I wish we could, uh, what are we gonna do that crystal ball episode? We gotta maybe like in like a couple like a couple years we come back and do that episode anyway. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'd say we do that. All right. We said it was gonna be show one fifty or something like that, but I think it was <laughs> more like uh what's gonna happen, you know, at the end of twenty twenty three. I am a like man January. of my word. I will come back and I will do that episode. And you better still have that in that little lockbox. Do you remember where you put it? Uh <sighs> Right Look at that. There's the envelope. Holy shit. <laughs> Still sealed. That's amazing. Still sealed. That's impressive. All right. I mean, that was 35 shows ago. Yeah, it's going to happen. We're going to do that. Um, so, yeah, that's that'll be interesting. Well, I have a feeling that it's going to be a tough promise for you to keep because I, I believe very much in Chris Carter. I have a feeling that he's going to be doing something uh, that makes him happy and be doing it so well that he may not have time for uh, the Car on Two Wheels podcast by the time uh, we get around to potential episode 150. <laughs> Here's um, hoping. I don't know, man. I want to... I want to... I want to... I, I can't express enough how how much I've really enjoyed uh, working with you on this show. You uh, are a big part of helping me get this kicked off. And uh, I know that in some ways it's going to be a little bit difficult to uh, replicate what the camaraderie that you and I have yeah. uh, here on the show. But I, I, uh, I cherish all 45 episodes that i've had with you and i i thank you for being a part of it and helping make it happen absolutely man i uh yeah i i i'm i'm beside myself still can't believe that you know i got the call that one day from you and and you wanted to work with me uh I, i'll never forget i hung up the phone and I, I looked at my girlfriend and i was like seven time champion just called me and wants to work with me like that's I'll never forget that day. And all 45 episodes have been awesome, man. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned so much about the sport um, in working with you in these 45 episodes. And, you know, in the time that we did work together there at AFT, um, I had nothing but a ton of respect for you. So it's been a lot of fun for me. And uh, I don't know what is next. That's the biggest thing for me, man. It's going to be, it's even hard for me. I'm never going to be able to find the words to, like, wrap this up. But, uh it's not because those words don't exist. I just don't think there's enough of them. Um, I could spend hours just talking through a thank you list um, about everybody that I've, I've come in contact with, everybody that I've worked with, everybody that I've met um, on this journey. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, no matter how much I try to explain uh, how much this sport has helped me, I, I don't think anybody or anyone will truly understand. Um, uh, I don't know. I And I can explain why. Um, you know, my decision to step away, but I don't think anyone, uh, I don't think it'll even make sense to the people who don't truly know me. Uh, and hell shit recently, I don't even know how much I truly know me, but, uh, uh, I, it, it, I've, I've known you pretty, pretty good here for, got to know you quite a bit over the last year. I get it. I understand it. Um, but I'm, I'm also happy for you in the sense that I know there's, there's bigger and better things for you down the line. Um, yeah. cause I, 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 I've seen what you're capable of and, uh, I appreciate I, that. I'm confident that, uh, Carter's going to come out of this, uh, 
uh, smelling pretty good in the end. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I and I realize there's going to be a whole lot of speculation out there. Usually, like when you end something like this, uh, you know, not fully explained, there is some speculation. A lot of people, uh, they'll probably try to say that they know me well uh, well enough to say, oh, it was this or it was that. Uh, I'm not going to use the, you know this timer, this platform to explain myself or all the reasons why I'm stepping away. Uh, instead uh, of explaining uh, why it is, I'd rather just mention why it's not. And I just want to take some time to say, that, like, it's not because I don't think this sport has a future. I, I, I think this this future of this sport is, is bigger and brighter than, than it has been before I came into it five, six years ago. It's not because of one per- particular person or persons. Uh, I've met a ton of awesome people that I will call friends for the rest of my life. They're shitty people wherever you go, no matter what you do. I don't ever let them bother me. Um, and uh, But 99.9% of the people I've met in this space are as about as real as can be. And uh, I will cherish relationships and friendships that I've met here forever. Um, it's not because I have something else in the works. I don't know what the hell is next for Carter. Uh, I have, I'm have. i literally 100% honest here. I have nothing that I'm walking away from this for. Um, but I know that it needs to be done. Uh, and it's not because of money. <laughs> uh, it was it was never anything that I focused on in the beginning. Maybe I should have a little bit more to 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 be in a better place than I am, and for you know financially. Um, but it's definitely not because of money. It's not or lack thereof. I guess uh, uh, it's not because I've, I've fallen out of love with the sport. I still fucking love it. I I, I I I'm passionate about this sport, and I think that that will never ever go away. Um, it's not because I don't care anymore. I think I care too much uh so i do need to take a break um and it's not because i'm tired of fighting the good fight i, I don't look at this as a fight of as what we've been doing it's you know it, it's it for me it's per, it's a pursuit of of reason uh to have everyone communicate with each other uh to talk about important topics to tell stories point of views people's passions talk about people's fears uh, because I believe the uh, one of the biggest problems in the world today is people are so willing to take sides, so willing to join teams, and so willing to fight when there really isn't anything to fight about. Like, w- th- especially in this sport, like you see it all the time online. There's people back and forth. The sport is awesome, uh, and I think there's a lot of passion in the sport, and I think that just that gets out of hand sometimes. But uh, but I, overall, man, I, I've I've never wanted anything else than to help give a platform, help build things and help build this sport. Uh, I've been able to do that. I've accomplished more goals than I even set out to do. Uh, people will probably look at this and said, Oh, he wasn't successful in it. I was beyond successful in what I've been trying to do. And I can walk away happy about that. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to walk away forever. I hope that I don't. Um, I do, I do love it. So I'll find my way back to it at some point or another, but I got to figure some shit out. So don't worry about Carter. Uh, it's insanely obvious that I'm struggling, <laughs> but don't worry. I'm good. Um, I'm not in a bad place. Hey, I miss you already, buddy. <laughs> I look forward to the day you come back. I am not unhappy. I'm just trying to find my place and where I fit in and all that yada, yada, yada bullshit. Uh, I've had some amazing experiences, though. And uh, in my 40 years, uh, not just with Flat Track, but, you know, in my life, uh, I've lived, you know, more and had more amazing experiences than people do in 100 lifetimes. Um and, uh, you know, I've heard it said the, me- the meaning of life is to find your gift and uh, to find your gift is happiness. Uh, if, if, if I can say one thing about this sport, it's, it's helped me find my gift. And uh, I just look forward to seeing whatever I'm able to do with that. I'm looking forward. I'm forward to the next step. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I have a couple things that I'll say in parting uh, and then I'll let it go. Um, do what you love. Do it how you want to do it. Fuck what everyone else says or thinks. Don't be afraid to challenge authority or ideas. But be reasonable and do it respectfully. Do it with passion. A little love and anger is expected, and that's okay. But keep it in check and don't let it consume you. Emotions cloud judgment. Take control of your story. Don't let others define you. And give people credit where it's deserved. And don't tear people down to build yourself up. Bring others with you and celebrate everyone. Everyone brings contributions to something. And they need to be celebrated, 
not hated. That's all I got to say about that. I celebrate you, Chris Carter. Very well said, and thank you very much for being a part of this uh, little journey. And uh, I look forward to what you uh, get involved with next. Yeah, dude. Uh, And (laughs) I did get a little emotional there at the end, and I know I would, but I love this shit. And uh, I will always love this shit. But I need to stay. Hey, I always love you too, Carter. Yeah, bro. Thanks for tuning in to the Car on Two Wheels podcast. Look for us in the future uh, in another method. Take take a look at, uh, keep checking in on the Facebook page, Instagram. Uh, we'll let you know where Car on Two Wheels, uh, where you can find it here in the near future. And uh, thanks for being a part of this, uh, this journey uh, for Chris and Chris here. Thanks, everybody. Shout out to the patrons, man. Gotta yes, thank the our patrons. patrons. Yeah, the patrons. Uh, I gotta give a shout out to them. Beyond, uh, you know, the fans. There's a lot of people that send messages that that appreciate what we do. Uh, but you guys have supported and you know been there for us uh, beyond what anybody else has. So um, it's it's been a huge huge help for what we're doing. A huge boost of confidence that people are actually. Uh, supporting this in that way and it takes a lot for you guys to step out and support us right we're not putting you guys on blast or saying uh, who all the patrons are uh, for a lot of different reasons um but i mean i think that um the fact that you guys stepped up and supported us in that in the way that you have we're, we're forever grateful so thank you very very, much. very grateful thank you all for uh for your support and belief in what what we started here um i wish we could sit here and say it's gonna go on indefinitely um, it will go on in different form, uh, but thank you for allowing us uh, opportunity and supporting uh, uh, the journey that we've been on to this point. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it.